0: This is On The Radar, coming at you with episode 139, and as always, we'll talk about local and national sports and pop culture. Just came back from a huge trip in New York, so so much has happened in the past couple of weeks in football, basketball, baseball, hockey, because the Stanley Cup Finals are going on, and the NBA Finals just ended. It's currently the baseball and the WNBA season, so much is going on, and... Yeah, let's just get straight to the unfortunate news here. Rest in peace to longtime Chicago journalist John Moon Mullen, whose books that I've read over the years, watched them on Tribune Live, and then it was Sports Talk Live, read all of his articles in the Tribune, and his books. He passed away from stage four pancreatic cancer as he knew that it was going to be a death sentence. And, and as everyone has said, he's one of the nicest people ever. He helped you out no matter what. Even if it was against him as, you know, a competitor. Because, you know, very competitive writing on beats about when there's only 32 football teams. And back then there weren't that many jobs. Just rest in peace to John Mullen, 70, 74. I'm, it really sucks that I was not able to get a job in the industry in the last six, seven years and get to meet this guy and know him because everyone, including David Kaplan, Dan Pompey, you name it, all saying all these amazing things about him. He's also a college professor. Maybe if I went to the school he went to instead of the school I went to, things may have been different because he probably would have been a much better professor than the one I had. But rest in peace to John Mullen. Rest in peace to Philip Baker Hall, known for Hard Eight, Boogie Nights, Magnolia, Secret Honor, and Duck. Say Anything, The Truman Show, Town, Mr. Ripley, The Insider, The Contender, Bruce Almighty, Dogville, Zodiac, Fifty Fifty, and Argo. And he's won, he received an Independent Spirit Award nomination in Heart A, a Two Screen Actor Guilds Award. He's also known for working television from M.A.S.H., Murder, She Wrote, Cheers. He was also Lieutenant Joe Bookman in Seinfeld. He was in The Practice, The West Wing. Another Larry David Show, Currier Enthusiasm Modern Family, and BoJack Horseman. He was 90 years old, so he had a very long career in both television and movies. The last movie he was in was called Dear Chickens and the last television show that he ever appeared in was something in 2020 called Messiah. So at least he could say he won a Florida Films Critic Award twice, Broadcast Film Critics Association Award, and for the Argo movie for Best Ensemble, Rest in the Pizza, Philip Baker Hall. Now, interesting news here with the NBA Finals and everyone remember there's a guy named Dawson Gurley. He kind of looks like Klay Thompson, but he's kind of super chunky. He They let him into the arena, and he actually filled the whole thing and was able to get up a bunch of shops on the court. And then they're like, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to leave. They didn't, like, kick him out by pushing him. They were just like, you got to leave, so he left. And now he's officially banned from the Chase Center for life. My question is, how did security let this guy in in the first place, knowing that he looked really nothing like Clay Thompson, when it should be on security not him. You shouldn't get banned. Because if someone lets you into a place you're not supposed to get in, you hit the jackpot. So that was an interesting story that probably all the radio talk shows had so much fun talking about. Interesting news. Charlotte Hornets, Montrose hero is facing drug felony charge for marijuana. They said that a fou- vacuum sealed bag of marijuana in his car during a traffic stop. I don't know what is up with all this marijuana talk and things like that. It's been legal in a lot of states. Like it's just really stupid that he would get in charge for ha- he would get in trouble for having it, so that's really stupid. And there's been this whole entire feud with the Chargers owners Gene Spano, his sister suing him over a misogynic behavior, as they continued legal control of the Chargers. If you remember this, they took the Chargers out of San Diego and everyone wasn't happy, and now they play in Los Angeles, which is now the Rams town, but for years it was the Oakland Raiders home. So it was like, okay, so I don't know how many people actually are Chargers fans anymore. You know, so basically the sister is trying to seek sole control of the family trust that that owns more than one-third of the Chargers. But, of course, the brother does not want to get out, so that's going to be an interesting fight to see which sibling comes out on top in that feud. And in football retirement news, Brandon Flowers, the Virginia Tech and Kansas City cornerback, who played for the Chargers most recently in 2016. It's been six years since he played. He signed a one day contract to, to retire as a Chief. And no tackle, John Penazzini announced his retirement. He only played in the league for a couple of years with a two time all, two second all pack player in college. He announced his retirement at the age of 25. And let's get to some football news here. Right as I'm done recording my podcast, the last one, the that uh, that the Broncos were bought by the Walmart family, Rob Walton, for 4.5 billion dollars. So the Broncos now have a new older owner who owns Walmart. That's very interesting there. And Lordy uh, Duraveni-Tariff, he's announced he's going back to Canada to continue his Canadian, you know, medical residency. So he's putting football on hold again. If that's really your passion, to be a doctor and save people's life, go right ahead. I know football is only a very specific amount of time in your career, but also you can't just stop in the middle when getting a medical degree. So that's also interesting. So good luck to him. After signing Aaron Donald to an extension, Cooper Cup got a three-year, $80 million extension, $75 million guaranteed. It's the highest ever guaranteed for non-quarterback. One of my favorite players, so congratulations to him. Jack Del Rio was fined 100000 for his comments about George Floyd comparing him to the Capitol insurrection and him donating money to the Capitol th- police fund for the memorial. So, I don't know, there's a lot of political stuff to do with racial and riots and do- donating money and his comments and what he does with his own life. But since he does work for an organization and his bosses probably are not a fan of that, that's fine. But Jack Del Rio's always been someone who... Voices his opinion and is very opinionated because in between head coaching and coordinating jobs, he he has been a TV personality. So he, you know, as a broadcaster, he's always sharing his opinion. So it's not surprising there. Linebacker Traven Howard was cut and Deshaun Hamilton was cut. Chad Beebe, the former Viking, is now on the Texans and to Porter Gustins in Miami. Devontae Boyne is unfortunately have season ending soldiers. I mean knee surgery. And also Jordan Smith has knee surgery. He's out for the year. So there's two key players on two teams losing guys to knee surgery. And wide receiver Hunter Renfro signed a two-year, $32 million, $20 million guaranteed extension. And that makes sense. He's probably the best player on the Raiders. Now, even though they got Devontae Adams, he really kept them in games last year. And this Brandon Snozna has been hired. Senior director of football direction, football, you know, Directional, you know administration for the lions he worked with the spartans so they're trying to hire somebody from the college world keelan Doss is going to the giants and d brian cox jr also gone there and jason spriggs defensive end brian cox jr, uh, jr. and jason spriggs have gone to the colts tight end mason street's gone to texas and Kristen viscaino the kicker's gone to the patriots and there's rumors that jason garrett the former cowboy head coach and giants offensive coordinator could be replacing Drew Brees in the Sunday Night Football pregame booth, which is interesting. Again, Cowboys players doing all the broadcasting jobs. And now an interesting football story. Hall of Famer Bruce Smith, one of the greatest players ever, is saying that he does not like the way that people are campaigning for Tony Baselli and using the games that he had against Bruce Smith, saying that he beat Bruce Smith in these games, and that's why he deserves to be in the... Hall of Fame based on the fact that he was able to beat up on Bruce Smith. That he may be right that you shouldn't be using the specific games here and there, but when I think of Hall of Fame offensive linemen, Tony Bacelli is one of them. I don't know if there's anybody that's ever played for the Jaguars. We're going to say this ever on any Hall of Fame level. You had pro bars like Maurice June true. Stro- you know, you have Allen Robinson, who's currently an active wide receiver, who played for them. But for the most part, when you think of Jacksonville Jaguars, you don't think of any Hall of Famer except for one guy, and that's Tony Bacelli. So I don't understand how he's not already in the Hall of Fame. So I'm sorry, Bruce Smith, not to disrespect you, but like however they want to campaign to get him in the Hall of Fame, fine by me. Other signings, the Raiders are signing cornerback Chris Jones. Chiefs are keeping, are keeping running back Jerick McKinney, which is a good move due to injuries. Alan Lazar signed his one-year tender deal. Colts have signed defensive end Iphidi Agminio. And Jac- Jacoby Meyer signed his one-year ten with the Patriots. Bills have signed offensive guard Greg Van Roten. And unfortunately for the Patriots, defensive tackle Daniel Ekule has been suspended for the first two games of the season for violation. Packers have claimed a rookie kicker gave bricky brick waivers from the Vikings. Vikings signed offensive lineback- um, outside linebacker Andre Mince. And the Bears have signed defensive tackle Mike Pinnell, but released Jeremiah Tachu. Commanders, hard to get over to get that name through my head, have signed Justin Hamilton, the defensive tackle, and offensive lineman Willie Beavers. Jaguars have signed off, uh, outside linebacker Wyatt Ray. And the Ravens are releasing Derek Wolf with an injury settlement because he, under, he underwent a second hip surgery, and there was no timetable for his turn. He missed the whole entire 22 season with hip and back injury. So, we don't know if he's going to continue his career. Lions have signed former wide receiver Devin Funchit. But instead of him being a receiver like he has been his whole career, he's going to become a tight end, which I think is a very interesting move for them. Rams have re signed Tavian Howard, I mentioned, got cut. And it looks like Richard Sherman's career is officially over because he's going to be working for Thursday Night Football on Amazon Prime Video. Until he officially announces his retirement, I will not say happy trail. Steelers have signed Minka Fitzpatrick to a four year extension worth over. per year. He'll get 36 million guaranteed, which is pretty darn good. He's now the highest paid safety in the NFL. And interesting news Colts safety Kyrie Willis announces retirement after three seasons at 26. He said he's retiring to go into the ministry. With much prayer and deliberation, he quotes, he's been quoted, I've elected to officially retire from the NFL as an endeavor to devote the remainder of my life to the further advance of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay, I guess this guy really wants to you know, go into religion instead of being a football player. But, again, you could do both things, but I guess not. And, again, this is another player that, like, I have never heard of because, again, football is, like, thousands of players that come in and out of the draft that you never heard of. And, uh... Rams have signed running back A.J. Rose Jr., tight end Jared Pikini. And former Saints, little Jordan Humphrey is now a Patriot as well. Okay. That's all the football news that happened within the last week before I came back. Now basketball news. Kenny Atchison was announced that he was going to become the head coach of the Charlotte Hornets, and I was like... That dude was wrongfully fired for what he did with the with the Nets. But you know, with the whole we got the superstars and they want to do what they want. I'm like, okay, fine. So it was announced he's gonna be the head coach of the, the Hornets. But he has decided to stay with the Golden State Warriors, unlike Mike Brown, who took the King's job. Maybe Mike Brown should have taken the Hornets job. That's another story. Before game three, the rim was too high, which is an interesting thing, and the Jazz announced their jersey. They look really ugly. They're like this really, you know, like army, you know, yellow green like traffic cone. So that is just, ugh. And they also announced that they're going to interview interviewing Chase, Jason Terry, the former Maverick guard, Jet, you know, as a head coach. As he's been working in assistant, so that'd be cool if he did that. Tatum led was lead, is the sixth player to lead in points and assists in one playoff series, and Steph, you know, have five or more threes first player to do that in four games in a row in the finals. And age 30 or older, didn't to have 40-plus in a game, LeBron, Michael Jordan, Steph. And Golden State's road playoff streak continued at 27 in a row. And having 40-plus, 10 rebounds, and 6-3, he joins Kevin Durant and LeBron James, which is interesting. Tatum had 91 total assists. I mean, excuse me, turnover. Now he had 95 in the playoffs, which is the record for most of all time. Uh, it's the first, and Steph had a, game, a playoff game where he had no three. It was the first time he went 0 for 9, 132 game, which is incredible for a guy like him. And creditless to in Landry Fields, Landry Field. I remember him as a really good role player with the Knicks, and then he played with the Raptors. He when he he retired due to injuries because. With a hip tear and he was not able to play. So then he went and was a college count for the Spurs. Then after working his college rally he was promoted to the general manager of the G League team. And he worked his way up by working in the front office of the Atlanta Hawks. And now he's the official GM of the Atlanta Hawks. So congratulations Landerfield. Field. Couldn't happen to a better guy. He's like a really good player, role player. People like him. So congratulations to him on that. And there were two huge trades, two NBA trades that happened this week. During the NBA Finals this past week, Kristen Wood got traded from the Rockets to the Mavericks. I never understood why he went there except for money. But I also was like, you know what? The Rockets aren't going anywhere, it's stupid. So he gets traded, which is a good move because the Mavericks needed somebody, even though it's 6'9", he's not really a center, he's more of a power forward. But it's a good move because the Mavericks, they don't need that 26 pick. Bobon is a Gantt. Barely being used. Sterling Brown and Marquise Chris are, and Trey and Burke, they're all backups. Trey Burke is a useful backup. But the rest of the guys, and eh, not so much. You can always find some people in the second round or low-end free agents to replace the likes of Sterling Brown and Trey Burke and Marquise Chris and Bolbon. I think it's going to a good move because this dude can average like ten, at least 10 points a game, at least 8 to 9 rebounds a game. And if they re-sign Jalen Brunson, and they still expected didn't winny. They got a pretty good team. They may be better than more than half the teams in the whole entire league. So that's a good move out of them. And there's your Michael Green got traded. Is the other move. He got traded, and he, as we always mentioned, is a six-eight power forward who was always undersized. The Nuggets obviously did not need him anymore because they've had a bad year. So. And, he, of course, he picked up his player option with the Thunder. But, again, the Thunder are out there getting draft picks. So, for them, we're like, we'll swap our draft pick for another draft pick so that the, the Thunder can continue to accumulate all these draft picks and move up and do whatever they want in the draft. So, those have been the trades. that I think, obviously, Christian was going to make the most impact on that. Anything else that happened in the NBA, like the Bay Finals and everything else, will be on the next podcast. And in baseball news, some big some headlines there and more could be talked about in the next one. Julio Chiron at one time was a really good pitcher for the Atlanta Braves. Did not have a great year with Detroit and the Angels the past few seasons. He's pitching in Mexico. Someone who's had success, Roberto Wazuna, but had some domestic and some Tommy John issues with his elbow. He's officially going to Japan, so maybe that'll bring his value back and maybe come back to the big leagues. 316 career starts now for Wayne and Yachty, second most tying them with Hall of Famer Warren Spahn and All-Star catcher Dell Crandall. Congratulations to Jared Walsh for heading for the cycle. The Astros are the first team to throw two immaculate innings, and it was the same batters, which is pretty incredible for that to happen. It was starting pitcher Luis Garcia, not confused with the relief pitcher, Luis Garcia, and reliever Phil Maton. Yankees won 14 straight, which at home was like the first time since 1961. The Brewers announced their jerseys, Brew City, and it's like a mixture of the old school and new school, and it's for the City Connect jerseys, and you know what's not bad? It's really not. Like, it got the yellow Brew City and in interesting letters with blue and white and yellow in the hats, so it's not bad. There's been some really bad City Connect jerseys. You know this one? Not so bad. MLB has approved that David Blitzer can have a small percentage in the Cleveland Guardians because he's one of the owners of the Sixers. So he, you know, he he's he's already a has ownership in the New Jersey Devils and the Sixers. So if he also has Cleveland Guardians, he's one of the donors whose money's in three professional sports teams. All he's missing is football, which which is. Always the hardest thing to get into. Jesse Winker signed a two-year deal to avoid arbitration, which is a good idea because the Mariners definitely need his bet. And again, I got to talk about this. The Angels have a history of signing dudes for so much money over so many seasons, and it doesn't work out because they can't stay healthy, man. Like Mike Trout, he's already a great player, so giving him that extension, not a big deal. If you pay Otani a bunch of money, not a big deal. But in the past, the likes of Hamilton, Poole, C.J. Wilson, and now Anthony Rendon, Justin Upton in the past, who is now on the Mariners' teammates with Justin Winker, which is interesting, is that it they could have say they could have used that money on quality starting pitching. Now, this year they spent money on Synegard and who hasn't been healthy, and Lorenzen, and some relievers and things like that. But for the most part, when they signed Rendon, they could have signed Mike Mustalkis or other caliber players to play third base that wouldn't have cost that much money for shorter deals so Anthony Redone last year again had a lot of injuries and didn't play most of the year well we're in the month of June so it has only been you know a couple couple months into the season we're not even at the all-star break and he had wrist surgery he is out for the rest of the year so again Angels have this dead money in an overpriced player that they're now gonna have to play like Matt Duffy or Tyler Wade, two backups at this point in his career. One's going to have to start every day at third base because the other one's going to have to play second base if, if, as long as Fletcher's healthy. If not, they're going to play Luis Ben-Hifo day. So that's just like, ah, okay? The Red Sox on and over Pools, giving him a number five from the Green Monster, which is pretty cool. And congratulations to Craig Council. He is now has the most wins as a manager in Milwaukee Brewers history, passing Phil Garner. Congratulations to him. When I made my all-time Brewers team, he made the list as a manager because it doesn't matter if they're active as a manager. They're still the best. Trout is the first player to four, getting, four game-winning home runs in one series. Congratulations to him. And Jackson Winske, the Pirates' rookie, he had three home runs, including a walk-off, which is, like, the most, at is the best since, like, you know, 1901, within 50 games, having 12 home runs in the small amount of games he has as a rookie. And I'm glad the Pirates are being smart and they're playing him and they call up Swaggerty and Cruz and other guys because, man, you got to keep Brian Hayes third base, that's locked up. If you just move Brian Reynolds to left field, which they, I've been preaching for them to do for a year and a half now because they did in the middle of the pandemic, and you play Swaggerty and Sawinski in the outfield and Cruz and Newman comes back, let's say, and you have Chavis or Tosugo at first base, and D.H. Vogelbach, not a bad lineup. They're playing way better right now than even the Cubs are, which is interesting. And uh, so that's good for the Pirates, especially with their blind methods. In his first plate it appears to two RBIs and a stolen base in his debut. He's the first Pirates player to do that. And I didn't get to this on the previous podcast because, you know, I have a scattered brain and everything is all over the place. But... Both Joes were fired a few weeks ago. George Rowdy of the Phillies, and they've been on a win streak. And Joe Madden of the Angels, who now Phil Nevin is the intro manager one of my favorite players, but he's been coaching for a bit of time. And Rob Thompson, who's been a career coach but never played baseball. And speaking of Bly Madras, who I mentioned in his debut, he's the first Palunian player to play in baseball. I don't know where the heck that is, but that is really darn cool. Okay. But, yeah, so as I mentioned about Joe Girardi, he won Manager of the Year with the Marlins. But, of course, the Marlins are always known for, like, eh, let's fire somebody when they don't need to. Then he, he won a World Series with the Yankees. Which, again, pretty incredible for someone to do that. You know what I mean? Like, that is really incredible. That's where I'm just like, okay, but the Yankees, you know, they got more expectation than obviously the Marlins, so it made sense at the time to fire Joe Girardi and go in a different direction, and Aaron Boone hasn't been to the World Series, but they've been a perennial team in the playoffs, so that's that's, that's good there. What I'm thinking is more of the Phillies, similar to the Angels in a bit, is that they spent all this money on Bryce Harper and Zach Wheeler. Bryce Harper's been amazing, MVP caliber player. Zach Wheeler has pitched really well when he's been healthy. Problem is, the front office. The Brownsley's not going to fire himself. So that's really what it is. The guy in charge is not going to fire himself. That's where you're just like, well... He, it's not going to fix anything because... they've they, Even though they signed Corey Knebel and Brad Hand and all these other people... You know, it's just... It's not going to matter. For some reason, it seems like that no matter who they hire, you know, it's not going to matter. It doesn't matter if it's Jojo Rowdy or no matter if they go out and hire somebody before when they had Gabe Kapler and they fired him way too early. That's where it's just like, sorry to Dave Dombrowski and my guy Sam Fold, but it's like, yeah... I can't blame the Phillies because this year they signed all these relievers. They signed Kyle Schwarber, who's a DH, and they signed Nicky Cassianos, who's a DH, because both of them, one's a catcher, and one's a third baseman by trade. They're, really, they're not really great defensive players. So you can blame the Phillies again for signing two defensive liabilities with only one DH spot, okay? It's on them for that, man. That's It's really what it is, because you can continue to keep signing all these relievers, and they can continue to stink no matter what, no matter who the manager is, because you have flawed players. You can't take two DHs, throw them in the outfield with no real good option in center field, and expect to get away with it. It's really stupid. I love, I like Corey Kniebel and Brad Hanna and Jeruz Familia, but like... This is just not working, man. That's where it's just like, you can't blame Joe Girardi for that. And I feel like Joe Girardi, who's worked for MLB Network, is definitely going to wind up back in television, not a big deal. Joe Maddon, on the other hand, huh, you take the race to the playoffs, that's one thing. You take the race to the World Series, that's another thing, okay? Then, they, then you decide to leave, and you take the Cubs to the playoffs... Which is fine, the Cubs have been there, no matter if it's Dusty Baker or Lou Piniella in recent years. But you take the Cubs to the World Series, and you win the World Series the first time in 100 blah, blah, blah years. That's pretty impressive. But then, you know, things got a little stagnant with the Cubs because front office, you know, Epstein already had his foot out the door. The other guys were, like, thinking elsewhere, and they took forever to trade their core players. You know, the Rizzos, the Biases, the Bryants. Arietta, Lester, it took a while to trade these people and then their value shrunk because they're either old or they had one year left on their deal and nobody wants to give you that much for them. So I understood why they let him go and David Ross took over. That's fine. The Angels, again, we've been over this. Artie Moreno, no matter who, what's happening, always wants to make the move. So it doesn't matter who the GM is, they're going to make moves. Because if Hall of Fame caliber Mike Sosha could take the Angels to the playoffs, and the world win the World Series a bunch of years in the 2000s, then go through a little bit of a lull period, and then they go, you know what? We could fire, we could fire the the great Mike Sosha and we could only after all these years, and then say, you know what? Let's hire Brett Allsmith Well, we made him uh, Artie Miranda goes, now nah, we made a mistake. Then he go and hire Joe Madden, and he's only there for two. For two seasons, and you go, ah, it's a mistake. I didn't think the Angels were a playoff team this year. I didn't think they are a playoff team last year. When your money is tied into Mike Trousha, Otani, and Anthony Rendon, which you mentioned earlier, and one or two pitchers who are not pitching up to quality, you can't think that it's the manager's fault, okay? It really is not, because that is on the, the owner, it's on the GM. That's where I'm just like... Perry Mission is apparently the the GM of this team. Like, okay, Philly Epler hired him. That's fine. But in the past, Jared DiPoto, he's a respected GM. But he he had to be kicked out. So that's what the issue with the Phillies and Angels. Their owner spends a lot of money, as they mentioned, stupidly. doesn't matter who the GM is or the manager. It just seems like it does not work. At least the Phillies can say they won a World Series recently and their fault is they didn't trade away the court players in enough time. Issue with the with the with the Angels are it's been a long time since they were in the World Series and been a playoff caliber team. Joe Maddon is not the type of manager you fire after 2 years, man. But whatever. They're stupid both their teams. They're both not going to be playoff teams no matter what type of win streak the Phillies go on. And good news, State Steel is back from the golf injury. And CFL games are going to be on all the ESPN platforms for those who are fans of that. For those who listen to 670 Score in Chicago, Dan Bernstein, who has been on the air for years and had different partners, is joining Lawrence Holmes starting this week. They have their own show from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Apple is going to be the exclusive right for MLS games starting in 2023. And one hockey bit, John Totorello, who is who's like a very good NHL coach, who unfortunately bounces from team to team because the expectations are high and he's been a broadcaster before as well is the new coach of the Flyers. A few other teams have announced Red Coaches. That's something I'll get to in the next podcast. Lastly, let's get to this entertainment news here. Rita Order is going to be in Tin Soldier. Anthony Hopkins is going to be in Rebel Moon. And they're making an animated series at Netflix uh, of Ghostbusters. I watched the animated Ghostbuster series when I was a kid in the 90s, early 2000s. Like, that was Saturday morning cartoons. I don't know why they're trying to redo that. There's going to be a Brighton off and they're adding two people. It's about Queen Charlotte, for those who are fans. This thing called Miranda's Victim is adding Emily Van Kemp. And Sean Williams Scott is going to be in Becky 2. I'm still mad that Emily Van Kemp left the show and how the resident handled it. And I was like, okay, if least are going to be in a Marvel TV show. That's awesome. But if you're just going to leave to be in just random extra projects, that I'm not a fan of. Summer I Turned Pretty got renewed for season 2 on Amazon, for those who are fans of that. And Sydney Sweeney is going to be in, in this thing called Reality Winner. Timothy Chalamet, Vanessa 100, McCulloch, Culkin, and Kid Cuddy. Are going to be in this thing called *Entergal* uh, on Netflix, an animated thing, which is cool. There's a broad range of people, rappers, comedians, that are going to be voicing characters. Keenan Thompson, he hosts the Awards this week, which I'm recording. Hopefully, that's cool. Christy knows best. The sec, uh Christine knows, yeah. Chris knows best. Second half of the season of season nine will still be on the air, despite convictions for her. So, those are a fan of that. Uh, Foo Fighters announced that their tribute concert for Taylor Hawkins is going to be in LA and London. Guess sucks if you're not in those places. And Inside Job was renewed for season two on Netflix. Sienna Miller and Emily Beecham are going to be in My Mom's Wedding. Sama Hack is going to be in Without Blood. Gabriella Kazoo is going to be a series regular upgraded in Walker Independence. So when that show happens, she's going to be in every episode pretty much. American Rust is going to Amazon freely for season two after it got canceled. One of my favorite comedians from Workaholics and other movies and even watches Fail Show Champions. He's joined Muppets Mayhem and Lily Singh's sister, who I don't know her name off the top of my head, but that's how people are identifying her. They're going to be in that thing, so I can't wait to see that. And Hitch is going to be girl in, in Room 13. Hulu adds four new food shows, those who are fans of that. Sam Worthington's going to be in Lyft, Ben Platt in... in uh, Amy Sedeckis is going to be in theater camp, which makes sense because they got singing backgrounds. Boys season four was new to Amazon, which is a super popular show, so that makes sense. And Uma Thurman is going to be with Henry Golding in The Old Guard 2. Jason Bateman and Viola Davis and Chris Tucker and Marlon Wayans are going to be in that untitled Nike drama, and that's a wide range of people. Bateman's a good actor, directs. Viola Davis is a good actress. Marlon Wayans and Chris Tucker, are funny comedians. That's gonna be cool. Leia Remini's joining the So You Think You Can Dance panel. I don't know what dancing background the King of Queens X's, and you know Scientology lady has about dance, but that's whatever. Yellowstone is adding a few more series regular, and Josh Lucas is coming back for those who are fans of that. Julie Andrews is getting a lifetime achievement AFI award, so that's awesome. Congratulations to her. Frank Grillo, great actor. Jennis Haber, underrated actor, are going to be in this thing called Borat Subsquit. And the Schmigadoon, which I think is Keegan-Michael Keel, is going to be renewed for season two. I've never heard of that, but that show is on Apple, for those who are fans of that. And they're bringing the Dragon Age to Netflix, for those who are fans of that. And Made for Love, unfortunately, was canceled at HBO, for the fans of that. Chrissy Beer is signing to remake Sleepy Hollow at Paramount+. And I'm just like... I thought that was a long-time show on the air. Like, yeah, I was right. Keegan-Michael and Shamiga dude. But yeah, so Sleepy Hollow. That's a show that's been on the air for, was in the air for a while. I don't know why they got to remake it. But thanks for listening to another edition of On the Radar, episode 139. As always, we're talking about local sports, national sports, pop culture. Rest in peace to the people who passed away. Happy trails to those who are retired. And in general, you'll get another podcast this week about the NBA Finals. Anything that happened in baseball, football, hockey, and entertainment that just happened within the last week, because I can't it can't do a full hour, man. You know, and as always, I'm the Radar Entertainment Blog on Facebook. On the RadarMedia.com is my website. Radar4428 is the Twitter handle and the blogger handle. On the Radar is the name of the podcast and the YouTube channel. And just a heads up, some album reviews are about to go up on my website in the next couple of days tom swift the new show on the cw i get to that show and talk to you about it and throughout the next couple of weeks some of the podcasts are going to be season finales or in general about certain seasons that just happened on television that i'm taking notes on so yeah thanks for listening to episode 139 see you guys next time